Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a great guest on, and we are going to talk about how do we heal when we've been betrayed in some area of our life, where someone has deceived us, lied, cheated, or just betrayed us in some way, right? We're holding on to some sort of hurt or something that we believe or that someone did something to us. So we're going to talk about how do we take this hurt, how do we take this betrayal, and how do we move through it and have a breakthrough and actually heal and step into even better lives. So I can't wait to share it with you because you're going to get so much out of it. Welcome to Building a Life You Love, a podcast dedicated to helping you step into a life where your passion blossoms from within, your faith deepens, and simplicity becomes your favorite synonym for everyday life. If you feel like you've been stuck between the what-ifs, expectations, and obligations in your life, but you're ready to step into a life you love, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Kristen. I'm an encourager, a faith-led entrepreneur, a mom, and a wife. Join me each week as we dive into creating positive habits, stepping out of our comfort zone, and making space for meaningful relationships and deepening our faith. Let's step off the path of expectations and into a space that feels genuinely aligned with us. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome my guest, Dr. Debbie Silber. She is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, a health, mindset, and personal development expert. And she's the author of several books, which are Trust Again, The Rebuild Roadmap, The Unshakable Woman, and her newest book, From Hardened to Healed. She's also the host of the top-ranked podcast, From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I want to welcome her today because we are going to talk all about betrayals we've had in our lives and how we need to heal from them and why it's so important that we do that for our health, mind, body, and spirit. So I want to welcome her today. Welcome, Debbie. Uh, Thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Me too. Well, can you start off with just telling us a little bit about your journey and what got you into this? What did, you know, what, what went on in life that got you to this point where now you're helping people and this is your main mission in life? Mm-hmm, sure. Well, I, you know, I don't think anybody says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. No, you do it because you have to. I'm in business over 30 years. It was health and then mindset, personal development. I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. And then it happened again a few years later. This time it was my husband. That was the deal breaker. Anybody who's been through it, you know, it's just horrible. And uh, looked at the two experiences thinking, well, what's similar to these two? Of course, me, but what else? And I realized that I I never really took my needs seriously. Boundaries were always getting crossed. So I'm one of those people that really feel if nothing changes, nothing changes. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I decided to go back for a PhD. Like a book wasn't getting me out of this mess. I needed a whole PhD in it. It was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. Because I was changing so much, I didn't quite understand what was happening. He was too, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I study betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal, and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. Honestly, I was only trying to learn what I needed to so I could heal. That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed everything we know about betrayal and changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Mm, Wow. That's amazing. And what we talked about right before we started recording was that really most everyone has had some, um, if they've experienced betrayal in some way in their life. So can you share with us a little bit about, because some people might be thinking, well, I'm not divorced and I 
get along with my family. So I, does this apply to me? So can you tell us a little bit about what is betrayal and how can we kind of define it? And, and could it apply to our own lives? What we might've shown? Sure. You know, I define it as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule and every relationship has them. And the way it works is the more we trust and the more we depend on that person, the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child who's totally dependent on their parent and the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your coworker taking credit for your idea, your best friend sharing your secret, still a betrayal, different level of cleanup left in the wake. Okay. That makes sense. Like you said, you experienced betrayal at the family level, but then also with your husband, but then even with the world's been going through, right, there's a lot of stuff at different layers or levels, like you said, that people have been going through that may feel like a betrayal, but it may not be as personal. So is there anything you'd add to it about that? Sure. I mean, sometimes it just feels like a betrayal of expectations. You know, we didn't expect COVID. We didn't expect, you know, all of these changes that, that have us uh, that we're, we're forced to change how we go about our day, how we, how we live. So it's really, it could be, uh, even when people get a, let's say they get sick or they get a disease, you know, if they're taking good care of themselves, it's like, wait a second, I'm doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And I got this disease. Like that's, that could feel like a betrayal. You know, you could feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, and this isn't supposed to happen. Could feel like a betrayal. That makes sense. Okay. So tell us, so you, you know, you went to school for this, you, you took a deep dive in, and then you learned these three groundbreaking things that help people, you know, understand process and then deal or heal from betrayal. So what would you share with us just about how do we even know if we have a betrayal, we haven't processed. And then what do we, what do we do about it? What have you learned? Sure. So first, I'll, I'll just give you in a broad sense what an unhealed betrayal looks like, because we see it in in relationships, in work, in health. For example, in relationships, I'll see it in two ways. One is a repeat betrayal. The faces change, but it's the same thing. So you keep going from partner to partner to partner, friend to friend to friend, boss to boss to boss. And you say, what the heck is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault, in that it's your opportunity. There is a profound lesson waiting to be learned. Maybe the lesson is you are lovable, worthy, and deserving. You need better boundaries in place, whatever that is. Until and unless you get that, you're going to have opportunities in the form of people to teach you until you do. We also see it where the big wall goes up. We're like, nope, been there, done that. No one's getting close to me again. We think that's coming from a place of strength. No, it's not. That's an unhealed betrayal. We are so afraid of letting anybody get close to us, close to our heart because of how badly we were hurt, that we would rather keep everyone at a distance than risk that level of vulnerability again. That's an unhealed betrayal. In in uh, health, people can go to the most well-meaning, amazing doctors, coaches, healers, and therapists to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. At the root of it is an unhealed betrayal. We see this all the time with uh our certification program where someone will, a doctor or a therapist or whatever, like for example, 45% of everybody betrayed has a gut issue, some sort of digestive issue. So you can go to the most well-meaning, let's say digestive experts, they can only take you so far. There's that unhealed betrayal at the root of it, right? We see it at work too, where you know, you you want that raise or promotion, you deserve it, but your confidence was shattered. So you don't have the confidence to ask, or you want to be that team player 
that collaborative partner, but the person you trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How do you trust that boss, that coworker, that partner? So it shows up everywhere. I mean, the, the good news is you can heal from all of it, which, you know, that's what the three state, the three discoveries are all about. Wow. Yeah. It, it really is amazing that it, it can impact every part of our life. And what you just pointed out is, is much like many things, things that we haven't healed in our mind or in our hearts, they impact our physical health, right? They, in other words, they impact our bodies. And uh, so that's one of the reasons it's so important, right? To process and address this is because it, it really, it improves our lives when we actually deal with these betrayals, right? We heal from them, but it also helps hopefully our physical body as well, right? The whole, instead of holding on to it for so long, releasing it. And then, like you said, being able to grow, being able to, you know, hopefully feel better and then move on, be vulnerable, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. It's not even hopeful. I mean, it's predictable. And that's what the third discovery found. But what you just talked about was the second discovery. I mean, I'm happy to go through all three of them so you could, yeah, yeah so this way everybody can know what I'm talking about. So the first discovery was I had a feeling that betrayal was a different type of trauma. I had been through death of a loved one, I'd been through disease. And I was like, you know what? Betrayal feels different for me. I didn't want to assume it was the same for everybody else. So I asked them, if you've been through other traumas, does betrayal feel different for you unanimously? They said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire self gets shattered. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. Like, for example, if you lose someone you love, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, life will never be the same. You don't question the whole relationship. You don't question your ability to trust. You don't question your sanity with betrayal you do. So that that betrayal is a different type of trauma was the first discovery. And so I gave it its own name, which is now called post-betrayal transformation, the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. Okay. So the second discovery, this is what you were just talking about. The second discovery was that there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's now known as post-betrayal syndrome. We've had 95,000 plus people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. First thing about that, we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof that when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. There's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. Mm -hmm. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know you cannot count on time. You can't count on a new relationship to heal your betrayal. It will follow you around like a shadow until and unless you deliberately and intentionally heal it. And happy to share some stats from the post-betrayal syndrome quiz if you want to hear them. Sure, I would love it. Sure. So now imagine men and women, just about every country's represented, 95,000 plus people. And listen to these numbers. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting. 94% deal with painful triggers the most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue. You wake up, you're exhausted, your adrenals have totally tanked. 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort, you're emotionally eating. I mentioned before, 45% have digestive issues, anything, Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis. 
uh, the most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So let's just stop there. You can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted. You still have to go to work. You still have to raise your kids, right? That's not even emotionally. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. You can bounce back and forth between those two emotions all day long. Um, 82% are hurt. 80% have anxiety. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. Just a few more. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they were afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. Wow. That's, it's just staggering the numbers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's even crazier. Those numbers aren't necessarily from a recent betrayal. So think about that. That person who hurt you years, decades ago, the boyfriend or girlfriend who broke your heart in high school, that person may not know, care, remember, they may not even be alive. And here we are with these symptoms today because of something that happened decades ago. That's the biggest crime right there. The good news is you can heal from all of it, which was the third discovery. And so, yeah. So what was that? Sure. So for me, that was the most exciting. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do, if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean having those symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome that I just shared to that completely rebuilt place called post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. Happy to share the five stages if you want to hear them. Yeah, we're definitely going to dig into that in a minute. Yeah, sure. So one thing that uh, I I saw when I was reading some of your information, and of course, I've heard this idea before, but I just want to see how you would apply it to this conversation, is that, Mm -hmm. and maybe it goes to one of the the stages or steps, the idea that healing is a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. And so while some many of us may be holding on to a betrayal, we don't even know is a betrayal. We don't know why we feel like we don't want to trust men or we don't know why we get flustered when this certain thing happens. Right. We triggers bother us like we maybe not even have ever connected something from our past or or current going on. Right. Someone might be going through a divorce. They might have, you know, have a strange family member. But the point is, mm-hmm. is they've gone through something or are and they may never even have thought about that. This is a betrayal. Or that mm-hmm. they're holding on to this. And so I'm just curious because I'm thinking mindset, I'm sure mindset has a lot to do with the willingness to make mm-hmm. a choice to start to heal from those wounds. Yeah. And I would say willingness is probably the most important word. People ask me all the time, how long does it take? It has more to do with willingness than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a program that our high level program where people work with me along with everything within the PBT Institute. Uh, it takes them six months to completely move through the stages. They could have been struggling for 40 years. So it's not about uh, the, even the severity of the betrayal. It's really the willingness. And then, you know, we, we have the rest because we know what it takes to move from the stages from one stage to the next. But it's, it is one of those things where now that there's a roadmap, 
that predictably and reliably moves you through the stages. Once you know that, if you choose to stay in stage three, the most common place we get stuck in when I share the stages, you'll see why. It's a choice. It's a choice. Because you know, people stay there because they're getting so much out of it, even though they're miserable. It's familiar. So it's the familiar known versus the unfamiliar. So they'll take the familiar known because that's where, you know, that's where they've created a life. That's where they have their people. That's, you know, all the 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 sameness that they've grown so used to. Right. Yeah. We get comfortable in our discomfort, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because like yeah. you said, it's it's what we know. And unfortunately, then a lot of people don't. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So go ahead and walk us through the stages, because like you said, then we'll really dig into the later stages, because that's to your point where people get stuck and maybe don't even get to the other stages if they don't know about this process and how you work with people. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's all mapped down in trust again. It's what all of our coaches are certified and it's all we do within the PBT Institute. Here's an abbreviated version. So stage one is before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I found with everybody, me too, was this heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing and kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being. Well, if a table only has two legs, it's easy for that table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day. This is by far the scariest of all of the stages. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. I remember um, one of my uh, study participants saying, you know what it feels like? It feels like every negative emotion you can imagine, getting punched in the gut and losing a child in a crowd all at the same time. It's horrible. It's here. You've ignited the stress response. You're now headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules that govern you. Don't go here. Trust this person. And in one soul-crushing moment, every rule you've ever held to be real and true is no longer. The bottom has truly bottomed out on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. This is terrifying. Yeah. Think about it. If, and everybody remembers they're like when they learned of their betrayal, they knew exactly where they were. Like it is burned in your mind, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything or anyone in order to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three, by far, hands down, is the most common place we get stuck. Here's why. Once we've figured out how to survive our experience, Because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four or stage five. Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we stay here. We plant roots here. Mm -hmm. And four things start to happen. The first one is you start getting all those small self-benefits. You get your story. We love our story. You get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get sympathy from everyone you tell your story to. And you don't really see much else coming. So you're like, this feels good. So you plant deeper roots. You're not supposed to. You don't know that. And now because 
you're here longer than you should be. Now the mind, you mentioned mindset, mindset. Now the mind does things like, you know, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So we plant deeper roots now because these are the thoughts you're thinking. Well, this is the energy we're putting out. Like energy attracts like energy, right? So now we're attracting people and circumstances and even relationships towards us to confirm, yep, this is where we belong. Here's where we're going to join that lame support group. And we will sabotage ourselves from growing because we found our people. Here's where we're growing, but we're going to sabotage ourselves because we're afraid of outgrowing our betrayer. You see? So we will sabotage ourselves because we want to stay with the familiar known. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go. Right here, we start numbing ourselves. We start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, anything to numb and avoid and distract ourselves from this painful place. So we do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can seriously see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking, that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. And they'd say it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and that's why people are there for life because they they just create a life there. They don't see anything better. They have their relationships in that place. They're you know they've they're fine. You know, content. Their relationships. their health, their work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you mentioned is that they want to stay at the same level as their betrayer. What Mm -hmm. can you explain what you meant by that? Yeah. So here's what we see. This is video, right? So I can show you this. You will never forget this. All right. So when we're betrayed, we are so heartbroken, so upset, so distraught. We just want that feeling to go away. So typically, whether it's with that same person or with someone else, we just keep going back for more of the same. Nothing changes. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Here's the idea. Once you've been betrayed, you have an opportunity to create an entirely new identity. You keep all the parts you love and you leave behind everything that no longer serves. And you create a version of you that would never exist had that experience not happened. So the opportunity is here's where you go stage three, stage four, stage five. Now, when people don't know that, they could grow a little bit, but they don't know that there's anything here. So they keep sabotaging themselves. They like this feeling, but they're afraid. They like this feeling, but they're afraid. But then then they're like, well, why can't that person do this? Well, because they're not ready. They're not whatever. So what happens is we do this. That's the opportunity. This person on their own may do this. And then you meet up again here as two very different people. Right. Right. Or you do your own thing. And and healing is always a choice. Like I said before, whether you, you know, you rebuild yourself and move along. That's what I do with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I do with my husband. So not long ago is two totally different people. I did this on his own. He did this. And we married each other again up here. So, um, but what I see is people are so afraid Mm -hmm. of the death and destruction of the old. That's the only way you birth the new, right? But they just try and repair, you know, and, and 
people ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? And I say, no, can it be rebuilt? Yeah. Takes a lot. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously then there's, like you said, there's this fear element, you know, in our lives in a lot of areas, right. But in this one area, it seems like such uh, a sticking point, such a crutch, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess, why do you think people get stuck in the fear of this, you know, instead of seeing it as an opportunity, like you describe, and you obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, educate and teach people on that. But why, why do you think that's how so many of us get stuck in this idea that we don't even maybe know that it's a fear-based thing? Yeah, sure. And I, you know, and, and you'll see how the fear goes in stages four and five when I get to that, but it's, you know, there were three groups in the study who didn't heal. And you'll see this so clearly in the third group, the first group, they had their story. They were sticking with it. They, they were so afraid of, not having that story, that was really all they had. So the, and, and with betrayal, you feel like life is completely out of your control. So even if your story is all you have, you grab hold for dear life, right? They didn't heal. The second group, this was the group that was numbing, avoiding, distracting. It may have made the day a bit easier, you know, not without a price. They didn't heal. The third group, and this is to your point, this was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of financial fear not wanting to break up a family, uh, religious reasons. That was a big one. They did all they could to turn the other cheek, look the other way. I saw two things with this group. Number one, a further deterioration of the relationship. And two, this group was the most physically sick. Your broken heart can't handle that. But there was so much fear of, you know, breaking up the family or, uh, Letting people know or the embarrassment, the humiliation, the shame. And here's what's so interesting. The betrayed, they didn't do it, but then they're the ones who felt responsible. Well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one to break up a family. Instead of looking at it like the betrayer was the one who was willing to break up the family when they betrayed. Right. You know, but fear, the answer is fear. Crazy. Amazing. So, yeah. So then uh, step us into stage four. Yeah, I can't leave you in stage three. <laughs> so if you're willing, willingness, again, it's a big word right here. If you're willing to let go of your story, everything you get with it, grieve more than the loss, a bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you've been creating in stages two and stage three. Stage four feels like if you've ever moved, if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff's not there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, okay, we got this. We can do this. It kind of feels like that. But what's so interesting is if you were to move, you don't take everything with you, right? You don't take the things that's like, "Mm, no, that doesn't represent the version of me I want to be in my new space. What I found was there is one spot moving from stage three to stage four. If your friends weren't there for you, that lame support group that you joined, you've outgrown all that right here. You do not take them with you. The betrayer who won't change, you've outgrown them right here. And people say all the time, you know, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. If they don't rise, they don't come. When you've settled into this space, you've made it cozy, you've made it mentally home, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and the new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise, stuff like that. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. The mind, 
is healing. You're making all kinds of new rules, new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of that table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. So, you know, one question that came up for me as you were saying that is, well, two things. One, let's say that somebody's like, oh, well, you know what? I I don't really think this applies to me. I've not had a betrayal like that. Like, at least they don't mm-hmm. feel like they have. But it seems to yeah. me that even if you don't see a betrayal that's happened in your life or that some something's happened to you where you felt deceived or cheated on or lied, mm-hmm. lied to, we can still apply these same concepts to our life so that we continue to grow even when we're dealing with other hard things. Is that right? In other words, if we can understand, you know, that we need to set boundaries, we need to do all these things, it's healthy, even if we don't call something a betrayal. Exactly. And, you know, in fact, I write about that in From Hardened to Healed. Trust again is, is it has all five stages, but I found everyone was stuck in stage three. So From Hardened to Healed is just for stage three. But I tell a story in there about a little kid who uh, has earth breaking news, you know, to, to share with mom and runs into the kitchen. Mom's on the phone and does this shushes, shushes him. Now it didn't mean anything. She was on the phone, right? At that very moment, he could have interpreted that to mean, I don't matter. So think about this. We have between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are negative. If this little boy decided that moment meant I don't matter. What he's going to do is look for confirming evidence to support that belief. So then as he's going about his day and someone accidentally closes a door on his face, I don't matter. Someone, as he's older, he's driving, cuts him off in traffic. I don't matter. So what happens is we create a life based on our beliefs. And it's, that wasn't, you can look at that as that wasn't a betrayal. That was just his mom shushing him, but the meaning he made from it created created a life where he is stuck in stage three because he's managing his life based on that sort of stage three way because he doesn't feel lovable worthy deserving he matters whatever so his entire life if you you know fast forward is a representation of a belief that could have been formed from something as simple as his mom shushing him when he was on the phone when she was on the phone yeah so i think you know one of the things i think you're saying is that besides that we can apply this to anything that's kind of holding us back, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's that if there's anything in our life, any belief, any, um, our worldview, anything where we just feel stuck, stagnant, uh, uninspired, all these things that if we kind of reflect on what's going on, right. Or it's always, woe is me always victim. Like that's how we feel right. Us against the world. That if we really look at this, we can realize maybe there's an opportunity for growth here. And I, I can apply, like you just said, I can actually move out of where I'm at, you know? And so I think that that's very promising, you know, and very hopeful. I hope people see that. Absolutely. And, you know, there may not be as much, uh, much of a, as much momentum, let's just say, as someone who's been so hard hit where they're like, I don't know what it's going to take, but it's got to be better than this. And they just do whatever it takes to get out of this painful space when we're, you know, pain is a motivator. So that let's say that example of that boy who turns into that teenager and then that man who just is sort of living a stage three life, there may not be that much as much of an incentive 
as someone who's been so blindsided and so much pain, but either way, you know, they're still, they're still stuck in stage three and the transformation begins in stage four. So it really just takes taking a look at your life. If you're not maxed out in your level of health relationships, finances, joy, it's, you know, it's, it's a good take a look because very likely you're living that stage three life. And what, what would you say to people that have been, you know, we've had betrayals in our life and we don't really know how to handle the betrayer. So let's say that the betrayer still might be somehow in our life, right? There's a lot of reasons they might be right. Either it's family or like you said, somebody who work with, it could be an ex-husband, it could be a current, you know, so, but is there anything we should know about that? right? The relationship, even if it's not the same relationship anymore, is there anything we should know about that person and the patterns or things like that? Absolutely. You know, betrayal will show you who someone truly is. It also has the opportunity to wake them up to who they temporarily became. When that's the case, like if, if they just, if you just learned who they really are and they have no, there's no remorse, regret, apology, any of that, you know, there's that person's not changing. Uh, you could be banging your head against the wall for years and decades trying to get them to change. There's this whole thing we teach called the window of willingness. You are absolutely wasting your time at this, even though you want it at this point in their current level of consciousness, this is the best you're getting. And now it's on you. If you are expecting to see something different, there is the other side where there is the betrayer who realizes they just completely shattered the love and trust of the very person or people they love and trust the most, the people who love and trust them, the, you know, them the most. And here's, this is a very different opportunity because here because we have in our rebuild program, it's for betrayers and that's exactly who's in it. These are people who are willing to do whatever it takes to become someone they're proud of. So they're so done with their behavior. It disgusts them. They're filled with shame, regret, remorse. You have something to work with there. Right. And then they do. They Sometimes they change so much and we see it. The betrayed comes in one program, the betrayer comes in another and they, they, they show up as two completely different individuals. Um, that's different. That's different. But some, you know, some betrayers, they have no intention of changing. It's just who they are. Yeah. Move along, move along. And, uh, you know, so, so what came to me when you were saying that, like what I was thinking of is once again, the word comes up, right. Which you obviously talk about a lot is willingness. And in all mm-hmm. the examples, whether it's going through betrayal or your betrayer, that's actually willing to do the work to change or whether mm-hmm. there's just other things in your life, holding you back and, and getting you stuck in stage three, it's all about a willingness and an awareness to make a change. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you're willing, that's when you take a look at how you've been showing up, whether you're the betrayed or the betrayer, you know, as the betrayed, you have an opportunity to look and say, you know, now that everything completely crashed and burned, who do I want to be? I mean, we have people who are in stages four and stage five. That's where we'll see new levels of health. That's where we'll see new relationships with someone entirely new or a totally different relationship with the person who worked them. That's where we'll see new businesses, new passion projects like the PBT Institute. That was a stage five thing. You you have a version. You've created a version of yourself that's earned. That is so confident, so whole, so healthy. Um, And you get to decide who you want to be in that space and who you want around you, who will hold you to it. 
So good. So good. So let me ask you, what would you just want to say, uh, you know, to anyone listening? You've, we, you've shared a lot of information with us. You've given us a lot to think about, but maybe just if people find that maybe I am kind of dealing with some, I've been holding on to some things, right? Some betrayals or something in my life. And I just didn't even realize it. Where's that first little piece? Where do we start, right? To even start going down this healing journey? You know, what can yeah. people do on their own to begin at least? Sure. Well, you know, one thing I get is when people realize that they've been in stage three for, you know, years, decades, they get angry and and they're angry because, you know, they're like, wait a second, that person who hurt me, you know, 10, 20, 30 plus years ago, I'm, I'm living this life because of them with these health symptoms with, you know, not being confident or whatever, because of them. Here's, here's what I would share. Even if today is the first day you realize this, well, that's beautiful because you could have lived another you know, 10, 20, 30 plus years without this awareness. So take, you know, use today as the first day where you say, okay, you know what? I'm in stage three. Glad I know. Glad there's a roadmap. And let me start moving strategically forward. Even if it's one degree, you're only moving in one direction at a time, further or closer to everything you want. So if you even move one degree closer to everything you want, that's progress. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Wonderful. So uh, I guess let's see, let's do one more question and then we will um, let people find out more about your books and your podcast and how they can connect with you and your institute. So maybe what is just one thing you'd share with us? Like maybe what is one of the biggest things that you've learned after helping so many people now that was kind of a surprise for you, you know, that you didn't already learn when you were learning the three breakthroughs and all that? Yeah, you know, this is gonna this is gonna sound so crazy. I w- really believed betrayers couldn't change. I was like, nope. Once a cheater, always a cheater. You know, I came from that and experiencing it myself and seeing it in all of the betrayers that come through the PBC Institute. Just as the betrayed uh, can create a new version of themselves and can completely transform, so can the betrayer. I see it every day. Well, and I have to, I have to ask you a, a second question to that then. How might we know if somebody that's betrayed us, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, the betrayer that they actually are someone that's changing? How do yeah. and you know, so how do you, I know it's all different, depends on the, what happened, but how mm-hmm. would we know versus they're just telling us they're going to change, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that happens a lot too. And then you get re-betrayed. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's just love bombing. That's a whole different thing. You know, it, as much as it's the big things, you see it in the little things. You see it in the the way they may have responded to something in the past, which is so different. There's, I mean, this is going to sound crazy too. There's a different look. There's even a different look and people who've been betrayed know the look. It's like a different, there's a different look in their eyes. They're showing up differently and they're showing up differently. They're showing up as someone who has this new sort of elevated consciousness, who gets it, who has empathy and remorse and regret and apology. And they're looking to become partners, not just to prove they're right or wrong or whatever. It's an entirely different experience based on respect, new rules, new boundaries, new everything. It's not so as much as it is in those big things, it's the little things consistently over time that really prove to you this person, that old, that old version just doesn't, just doesn't exist anymore. That's amazing and beautiful for, for the people that are willing once again to, to take those steps and do the work. So I love, yeah, that. love it. 
Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing this really valuable information and, you know, all the work you're doing with people. And I mean, wow, how many lives are changing and how much of an impact it's having on people. So how amazing. Debbie, how can people connect with you online and learn more about your books? And maybe you want to share the podcast name again and, and stuff like that. Yes, the podcast is From Betrayal to Breakthrough and everything is at the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com. And I just wanted to wrap up today's episode and share this quote with you from Bob Goff's book, Dream Big, because I thought it was encouraging and it might encourage you just a little bit as you heard this conversation. Who you are right now is an accumulation of all you've done and all that's happened to you. Some beliefs have limited you. Perhaps you'll discover more that will launch you. You may like who you see in the mirror, or maybe you have a few bones to pick. If you're like me, it's probably a little of both. You've made some choices, and they probably didn't all turn out the way you hoped. Don't worry. That's true for all of us. We're in a constant state of becoming the next version of us, and that's a good thing. Remember that on this journey of discovering and launching your dream, you have a ton of agency over your circumstances. You can't change what happened yesterday or five minutes, but tomorrow is all yours, and it's up to you to decide what happens next. So friends, I hope you have the willingness to change or the willingness to improve, the willingness to heal, and the willingness to be open to new possibilities, to a new version of you, and to a life that suits you and that you can build that ground floor the way that will suit you for your future. So until next time, I hope you have a great week. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.